0: Hey everybody, on our podcast we talk a lot about hanging out in Hollywood while on our way to being the next big thing. I'm William Leon and acting is my full-time job. And I'm Mark Marchillo, a director, choreographer, actor, and writer. And this is Made in Hollywood.
1: Today on our podcast we are talking with filmmaker Matt Warren. He is the senior manager of digital content at Film Independent and the writer-director of a movie I just shot, Delicate Arch.
2: Okay, Matt, how you doing? I'm doing good, William. Thank you. We're uh, nice we're, to have you here. It's nice to meet you, Mark. Nice to be here. You have a like an incredible place. I love all the, all, I, I don't know if people listening to this know all your cool like old editing machine and <laughs> the posters on the wall and stuff. It's you like, know, we
1: should like post on Instagram <laughs> like, like stuff. We never we, post. We anything. always talk about how we want to like post more like of us recording and like because we have like a, a sort of a website, so we like want to add images to it and stuff we should like i mean it's kind of a cool spot that we have
2: here you have candles going it really it's, <laughs> it's, 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 you're doing an excellent job sort of setting the mood for like a film discussion here
1: so i uh let's i figure let's just get right into it because i've got a lot of questions i have a lot of questions too
2: okay and how do you guys know each other
1: um we we met on i mean i've known mark for a long time but we met we did a short film a long time ago he directed it oh, um, Chris the Unkissable Kid and that was how many years ago was that you were 14 I was 14 so that was
0: <laughs> too many years I think that,
1: 20, was, that was that was like 9 years ago, years ago yeah 2013 oh, wow. yeah, so, so coming up on 10, 10 years, 10 years. Oh, wow. yeah cool. so so we did that and then we did a film together called Breaking Legs like a feature film mm-hmm. um, and yeah we've just known each other through that stuff and then we do the podcast and yeah. we're just friends mm-hmm cool but i would just like to know uh because you're uh obviously um a director and a writer and i would just like to know what movie like what your favorite film is or what your favorite like movie is you know (laughs) yeah
2: no um and you can probably guess this william from having worked on a Mm -hmm. worked on the film that we worked on together but i i like um I like kind of idiosyncratic weird movies so uh I, I do have a letterbox. and i believe the the four films in that sort of marquee row i have right there right now are brazil the terry gilliam film um repo man the alex cox oh, film yeah. repo man uh what else is there oh a mad max fury road oh and then uh and then um under this the skin the Scarlett Johansson movie.
0: Mm, I don't know that one.
2: Yeah, no. actually, the only one I've seen out of those is Mad Max Fury
0: Road. Yeah, okay. <laughs> people. Man. Man, oh, I saw Fury Road. Yeah, that's a great movie. Too. Yeah,
2: yeah. So, um, I, I think you know, if you watch, like, all of those are are sort of genre films, but very like a different take on what their their genre is. They sort of like transcend their kind of niches. So they're they're not very programmatic. They're all kind of definitely like a single auteur's vision and um, and just kind of very idiosyncratic and like itchy and weird movies. So that's the sort of stuff I'm drawn to. Especially
1: because the film we did, Delicate Arch, <laughs> is very, very... I feel like in sort of that same vein as a lot of those films that you mentioned in the way that it's just, it's sort of... It, there's nothing really like it. You know, it's sort yeah. of off in like the... In like, as far as like the genre it's in, it's sort of just a
2: whole new take on on it well i'm glad that came through and uh yeah i i think you know i i am like a horror fan so i love a lot of the classic old horror films and uh, delicate arch uh, is almost like an essay about horror movies as much as it is a horror movie itself it's it kind of it, it's very sort of metaphysical and, and deconstructs like the tropes of the genre and th- the hardest thing to do i, I think in horror is to you know come up with like i mean this applies to every genre and every type of film i guess but to come up with like a fresh new idea it's you know i'll always be interested in seeing like another good zombie movie another good vampire movie whatever but mm. when there's when there's a truly unique concept in a genre film that that is sort of the thing that activates my brain more than anything else
0: what how did you get into film how did you did you go to film school what did did you grow up loving film uh,
2: Yeah, so I I grew up in Park City, Utah, um, which obviously is the home of the Sundance Film Festival, so I sort of grew up uh, really in that atmosphere, which, you know, is only one week a a year, but it would kind of like loom large for me, Um, and as someone who always liked art and, uh, you know, creative storytelling and... Uh, You know, it was just kind of like an artsy kid. So um, the fact that there was like a major arts event for this for, for, you know, film, which is such a potent and powerful medium, like like one of the marquee film events in the world, you know, happened in my hometown once a year um, was like, again, another thing that that really kind of, um, you know, set set those passions going. Uh, I went to the University of Utah, and I initially was studying art there, you know, uh, thinking that I was going to get onto sort of a graphic design track. Oh, interesting. Um, But I, I I was the worst, like every, every like life drawing class, every sort of painting class, like my work was like the weakest in the entire, (laughs) in in the entire class. And, and I was, and it worked out that i don't know how this happened but like all my best friends that i made in sort of my freshman year of college were all film majors so Mm -hmm. um so we just spent a lot of time talking about movies watching movies this was sort of the early dvd boom in -hmm. the early 2000s um and you know between just having so many friends who are already in that world and then um, washing out of all of my art pursuits uh, I, I ended up switching majors <laughs> and uh, ended up studying uh, film at the U, um, which is it was a very nice uh, film school. I don't I, I don't know what it's like now, but um, it was very small at the time. You know, definitely not like a USC or a UCLA or anything. Mm-hmm. But they had great teachers and a great curriculum, and that's sort of where I cut my teeth. But
0: now you work uh, you work for Film Independent now.
2: Yeah, so I I've been there about. Um, going on seven and a half, eight years, mm. actually. Uh, the title I have at the moment is Senior Manager of Digital Content, So, which basically means I'm in charge of all of the in-house uh, video and editorial projects on the blog. So it's sort of half uh, producing video uh, for our social channels and then half uh, kind of running like a mini film blog. So that's another good opportunity to sort of stay in that uh, film that film student mindset, uh, you know, kind of creating content to, to, you know, basically pitch at ad- audiences who are very much like the person I would have been when I was in film school and like getting immersed in like the online world mm-hmm. uh, of, of reading blogs and stuff.
0: Can you give a little uh, overview of, of what film independent actually does?
2: Yeah. So film independent is a nonprofit, Film arts organization devoted to, to educating filmmakers and sort of developing the careers of emerging mm-hmm. filmmakers and, and promoting uh, the the careers of sort of um, independent storytellers who are maybe mid career. the the thing we're most well known for is the Film Independent Spirit Awards, mm-hmm. um, that you know venerable uh, pre Oscars award ceremony. That that, <laughs> that that happens on the beach in Santa Monica not too far away from here actually <laughs> yeah. uh each year
1: I was telling Mark that like it's it's surprising that we haven't talked about film and indep- I don't think we've talked about film independent no. on the podcast yet but like it, I think it is a really good resource because I know I think you guys also do like once a month networking events right well am I right about that yeah
2: no you're you, that, that is like one of uh, a million things we're, yeah we're doing sort of all year round so the, the Spirit Awards are, are kind of our, our big marquee, you know, what they actually are is a fundraiser for mm-hmm. Film Independent. So the the revenue that's generated during this sort of big celebrity event that gets a lot of media attention, the, the benefit of that is that it helps to uh, sort of power everything else that Film Independent does year-round, right. which Makes includes, sense. you know, artist development labs, a screening series Film Independent presents... Yeah, I think it's definitely a great
1: um, resource for, I, I would say, like, probably the people that listen to our podcast would definitely benefit from, like, looking them up.
0: Why don't you tell us a little bit? I would love to hear the elevator pitch for Delicate Arch.
2: Ooh, it's. I don't think I ever have come up with. <laughs> <Really>. <laughs> I feel like, Good. Uh, oh, you know what? That makes me feel so much better because when anybody ever
0: asks me to pitch them like whatever I'm working on, then I'm like, oh, I can't. I never have
2: anything. So. I feel the um, same way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, i You know. Uh, gosh, I I don't know. How would you describe it, William?
1: I mean, I, I we did a delicate arch episode a while back where I kind of explained it. It's such a hard movie to describe without just like, like literally describing the event, like the plot points that take place. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, But I mean, it's just a hella meta <laughs> experience. Yeah. Um,
2: you know, that... it, Honestly, it's a, it's a prestige horror remake of Duck Amuck, the uh, the old Chuck Jones cartoon oh okay I yeah I, never I, watched I, I haven't that. seen that I was, I was, I, <laughs> I, yeah i don't know if any of your listeners know what that is but uh if if you if you can look up duckamuck and find it on youtube or something just imagine that as like a 24 neon style prestige horror movie so fun yeah um,
0: so what is the what's the plan for it? I know that you're editing now is that right?
2: Yeah, I actually just came straight here from editing and do
0: you edit yourself or do you work with an editor?
2: Um, I edit myself uh, if it gets to a point where I feel too burned out on it or um, you know we're up against some deadlines I might rope in someone else to, yeah to but I'm gonna try to at least get an assembly and then hopefully a rough together myself and then maybe get a second pair of eyes to to go over it but smart if everything goes the way I'm hoping it's gonna go we're gonna turn it over to our um, post-production sound and color and VFX and stuff in June so that Mm. gives me about two more months to button everything up on my end before I hand it off to the next stage of artisans who are gonna work on it
0: nice and release uh, do you have a release plan
2: We're going to try to do the festival thing. Mm -hmm. Um, It
0: sounds like a festival movie to me. Like, it sounds like it would play well.
2: Yeah, and I I think it's perfect for, you know, if there are any programmers from festivals out there listening. (laughs) (laughs) uh, It'd be perfect for your midnight section, your genre section, whatever you call it at whatever festival you are.
1: Oh, I hope they're listening to us. Yeah, right? (laughs) (laughs) I never thought of it.
2: (laughs) And, of course, I mean, obviously it would be like a dream come true to go to Sundance with it because it would mm-hmm. be a good story for us. Yeah. Right. For me. The Utah, you know, yeah, Park City yeah. resident. It like, would be a good you know. story for them, frankly. Yeah, and we filmed it there. Yeah. Um, oh, it right. really does. It's right. all filmed in Utah as well. Um, so, uh, you know, I I won't lie. That was my number one goal is to get into Sundance.
0: Yeah, I love that. And this is your first feature, right?
2: Yeah, this is my first feature as a director. I've done uh, a couple web series, narrative web series, and I've done some shorts and a lot of just unscripted digital stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of been my main bread and butter for the past decade, but yeah, no, it's, it's been a, it's been a, like a dream come true so far and yeah, you know, William and everyone else who worked on the movie did such an incredible job, so uh, I was really honored to to work with everyone
0: now i read on your um on your website that you guys were initially th- considering doing some of it in super 16 millimeter is that right
2: well um so part of the metaphysical nature of the movie is that there are a few different formats that it takes place in like sort of layers of reality that are uh sort of depicted using different Shooting methods. Mm-hmm. So, um, w- one of them, and this is probably what, wherever wherever you read that, is probably like it, you're probably talking about the beta, what we call the beta yes, reality. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we ended up shooting that on the dvx 100 A. Oh, wow the yeah. dvx 100 yeah. i still have mine I oh know. do you yeah. <laughs> yeah no we we used the one that my parents got me for a graduation present in like 2002 so oh, it finally great. sort of yeah so it's been waiting around for like 20 years to, to mine
0: was uh i i i uh i grabbed it from james mangold really <laughs> like, yeah i was working for him at the time and cleaning out his uh his storage uh you know all this stuff and i was <laughs> like what do you want to do with this and he was like uh donate it." i'm like i donated it to myself <laughs>
2: No, like now <laughs> that's you know it's so funny like it wasn't a dvx 100 but what was the other one that was like the sony version of the uh, same thing
0: is the hvx one is that the one you're talking about
2: something like that but I was at the Autry Museum last year, and I don't know why they had film equipment there, but they had one of those like behind Lucite on oh, a column. Oh, because it had
0: the uh, three CCDs, and it was, it was like really great. Like, it yeah. actually was a really good camera. Oh, my old friend uh, uh, Chad had one of those. It was such a great camera.
2: Yeah, I, I, I never got the opportunity to, to use it, but. I remember, like, drooling over it in, like, videography magazines mm-hmm. and cinematography magazines at the time. And it was, like, very sobering for me to, to see this piece of equipment that was, like, the hot new piece of filmmaking equipment, like, literally in a museum under glass. It was <laughs> yeah. like, look at this ancient piece of, <laughs> of film tech. You yeah.
0: Know? I mean, because it is now. I and mean, yeah. with digital, everything is always, you know, yesterday's news.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean... <laughs> That, that's crazy, but that that's sort of um one of the methods, and then we did some a lot of iPhone shooting as well, uh, mm-hmm. which which is another uh, element of the film,
1: which is interesting. I think that was actually I think that was my first time actually shooting on an iPhone on a film um before. Which is very interesting. I liked to. I liked seeing like the little tiny phone with all of the with all the rigging and stuff that we that we had attached to it. Yeah, it just looked kind of silly, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that yeah. was a lot of fun. No, <laughs> and you guys
2: got to shoot some stuff too that'll end up in the movie as well. Yeah, There's yeah, exactly. Because we scene, got yeah. to.
1: Uh, there were certain points where we actually got to operate the like for the iPhone stuff. We got to operate it, yeah. um, which is very cool. Yeah, I can't. Wait you guys to see are it. so.
2: You guys are so fun together yeah it was such such a a fun it was such
1: a fun shoot everybody was so um just in tune with each other uh another question i wanted to ask you i'm just really interested as to um you know i asked you which movies you like but also i was wondering what uh maybe like directors have inspired you or just filmmakers in general or people in the industry um are like that are inspirations to you and why
2: when people ask me my favorite filmmakers i i always feel kind of lame because it's just you know the usual suspects that a 40 year old white guy <laughs> would name you know coen brothers tarantino stuff mm-hmm. like that i feel like my list is, mm-hmm. is not super interesting um <laughs> but I, I will i will shout out one guy who is a utah-based sort of cult filmmaker um who was actually very instrumental in uh D- delicate arch coming together and that's trent harris um he, you know, talk about idiosyncratic filmmakers. He, you know, for 30 years has been just scraping together whatever he can to, to make just these weird little um, art films that are, you know, sort of wacky comedies uh, mostly. A lot of them have some sort of sci fi bent to them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very sort of a- abstract and, um, and, and, and uh, unusual um i i saw trent's latest movie was called echo people and that premiered a couple days before we started shooting in salt lake so i I remember you telling me that yeah and actually the star of that film patrick collins yeah from seeing that film i we hired him to play a character called the desperate man who's sort of in the cold open Mm -hmm. of delicate arch so Um, and then Trent also lent us some equipment for the film and then uh, and and uh, as far as the aesthetics of the film go his big film that people might know him for uh, was called the Beaver Trilogy which was sort of a festival hit maybe a couple decades ago Um, but that's a movie that takes place uh, across three different formats um, oh really as well oh cool so that was sort of a loose inspiration for that so and it's called the Beaver Trilogy. It's called the Beaver Trilogy. And then there's a documentary about Trent and his career that's called the Beaver Trilogy Part 4. Mm. That's uh, narrated by uh, Bill Hader. Oh, uh, cool. Yeah. Huh. So I would I would suggest checking all that stuff out. <laughs>
0: I kind of want to. Yeah, yeah, I definitely want to check those out. Is there a place where we can find you, where our audience like can find
1: you? Like social medias or yeah.
0: stuff like that or anything you'd like to...
2: I'm at mpm warren on both instagram and uh twitter
0: yeah i can i can attest to that your twitter is very funny
2: oh well, thank you also i don't do much on twitter for delicate arch but i do do a lot of instagram stuff so that's at at delicate arch pick well
0: thank you so much matt for coming in and uh and talking to us today
2: well thank you mark thank you william yeah, yeah. thank you yeah appreciate and it.
0: hey and great uh you know a lot of luck for the movie you know
2: well thank you i appreciate it yeah, yeah I, I hope you can come see it when it's well,
0: ready I'm, yeah i'm excited we have for, obviously i'm gonna see the day <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right thank money you money in the bank <laughs> there you go <laughs> okay that's a wrap
0: well, that was a great interview. I love him. I love Matt. What a nice guy. Yeah, he's a really nice guy. You know, but I was, uh, he didn't answer one really burning question I had. What, what could that be? Well, I don't, he just walked out of here and I wanted to ask him who pays for porn. Oh, right.
1: Damn. Uh, well, we should have asked him, but uh, I mean, I, 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 I don't. But I don't either. Oh. Huh. <sighs> well. I that settles that. Hmm. Hey, Mark, if people want to find us and follow us uh, on the social medias, you know, where could they do that?
0: Well, I think they could just go to Instagram, William, and find us at Made in Hollywood Podcast.
1: Oh, all right.